Welcome to Talk on the Way, where we have conversations of faith, life, and being better humans. All right. We want to get started since it's almost nine. Yep. All righty. So I wish there was a ticker that showed like how long we've been going. I know, right? There should be. Then I could look at it and say, okay, around this spot. But it's not that hard to figure out um, when I listen back. So, anyways. All righty. Well, um, what, as we're getting ready to start tonight, what are you drinking? Uh, Another hazy IPA. Uh, Good old Cosmic Dreams from Aslan Brewing. Yeah. It's tasty. I like it. It's another one of those crushable beers that you can just get at the store, any store, any gas station, basically. Gotcha. So I don't have a beer, but I do have some beer in my fridge. Are you drinking beer again? I I never fully stopped. I'm just not drinking it like super often. It's more like every now and then. And so like... The last six pack I had probably lasted like three weeks, just a six pack. Mm. Uh, yeah. But one thing I've been doing, and what I have, I, I tried it last night, is I, with it being summertime and it's pretty hot, and a lot of mm-hmm. times I sit outside at night with a cigar. So I've been getting shandies. Oh yeah. And so I've been. I got a. I got the porch rocker, which is like a lemon shandy that it's also called a Rattler. From Mm -hmm. Samuel Adams. I got that a few weeks ago. That was the one that lasted me like three weeks. But I tried it on ice because it's kind of limit such lemonade like. And let me tell you, especially in the summer because it's hot, it was good. So (laughs) yeah. The first the first shandy I ever had was Lining Kugel's summer shandy. Mm -hmm. Or Lenin Kugel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yep. So I saw it at the store. Uh, Sunday, so I grabbed it, a six-pack of it. I haven't had it in years. And uh, Sunday night, no, last night, while recording Top Plays podcast uh, with my buddy Tyler, I had it on ice. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Porch Rocker by Sam Adams on ice is just slightly better, but mm-hmm. not much. Not yeah, much yeah. better. This one was also really good on ice. So uh, normally, I would not... Be in favor of beer on ice, but yeah. these these are so close to lemonade, mm-hmm. and and in the summer it just really works. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. They're not. Yeah, they're much different than a classic beer. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, talk on the way where we uh, talk about beer uh, a little, <laughs> That's right. a little bit all the time. Yeah. Uh, so. Whose turn is it to do the uh, intro? I believe it's me. Okay. I think so. Yep. And this time it is typed out in our notes because we That's keep right. messing up our own yeah. intro. <clears throat> That's right. All right. Well, let's get things started. Um, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, folks. Welcome to Talk on the Way, a podcast where we talk about life faith, and being better humans. This is your host, Sergi speaking, and today, co-host, Ward. <laughs> that works. 
I mean, we're both always here, but it still works. Right. Yeah, totally. There's, I feel like in this podcast, there's no primary host or co-host. We kind of make the thing work together, which is nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Though I do always feel as though I take over. (laughs) Ah, which I don't mind at all. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, But there's nothing that... I, I love to sit back and listen and then pick something that you're saying and just go off of it hard. Right. And then pull back and it works for me so well. So there you go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it. And I also think it depends sometimes on the topic, you know, like when we talked, we talked about the whole stuff with like Russia and Ukraine, that was a lot more you talking because it's a topic, you know, a lot more about. So I, yeah, I think that's part of it too. Um, yeah, I agree. Before we get into it, anything going on? Did you have a birthday? You've had. A, did you have a birthday before or after our last episode? Before it was back in July, beginning of July. Okay, been over a month. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. I probably mentioned it on the last episode. Then I just don't remember now. Yeah, but um, I did have uh, COVID. Oh, that's right. That's it. Yeah. First, your wife and daughter got COVID. Yeah. So you left the house and you still got COVID. Yep. Yep. If if you had stayed at home, like so many people I know, I bet you wouldn't have got COVID. I know that makes no sense, but you're most, right. It doesn't. But most of the people I know that their family members stayed in the home with them and was like, you know what? We may just both end up getting it. Most of them did not get it. Caleb, our buddy Caleb, not Mm -hmm. to air all of their uh, life's uh, details, but Caleb's wife. And I don't know if all four kids, but at least some of the kids got COVID. Because I think I I may have mentioned this on the podcast. His wife, Crystal, was going to go with me to see Phoebe Bridgers. All right, right. Right. And she could not because she got COVID. Well. Again, some of the kids, maybe even all of them got COVID. Caleb did not. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder so, how that works. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I, th- I got it later, much later than, yeah, than right. like, I think, four or five days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it took me eight days to test uh, negative again. So that was a while. Then it was hard with the loss of, I didn't have full loss of uh, smell and taste. But even the like little loss that I had made it very, very hard to go to work because I couldn't mm-hmm. dial in or taste any of the coffee that I was working with. That makes a lot of sense since, mm-hmm. you, since you're a barista. You know? You're a manager, but you also are a barista often. Yeah. yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I was like, what's it like for a chef? You know, like, yeah, that's got to exactly. be tough. Yep. I, there are people still doing that, but there's also a, there's a lot of people I, that I've talked to that have gotten it recently that did mm-hmm. not have the loss of taste and smell. A lot of people, it's been super mild. Uh, yeah. but, you know, and it, and I do think there's still something said about if you're vaccinated, it's mm-hmm. less. But I've known some people that aren't vaccinated that also really didn't have much. So I don't know, yeah. man. It's just, it just shows it's still here. Yeah. I do believe it's milder. Yeah. But it's not gone. 
Yeah, that's for sure. So. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we gotta figure out a way how to cope with it. Right, it's gonna be around for a while. Right, maybe for good. Who knows? Yeah, I'm about to go on a plane to Alabama, and mm-hmm. in, in near the end of September, and I'm. I haven't been wearing masks much lately because most of the places that I go are no longer requiring it. It is Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be honest, I haven't been wearing them much, but I'm thinking I might wear it on the plane. Yeah. It, it may be a full flight. You know, it's, it's a smaller flight because it's not very far. Right. So it's Southwest. So, I, so I'm thinking I might wear it on the plane just because of that. That makes sense. I mean, it's a whole different atmosphere. Right. Tighter quarters, for sure. That makes sense. Right. We, I think majority of Bellingham here is not wearing masks or requiring masks anymore. Right. There's still a few places and shops that employees are wearing masks. Um, all of the anything tied to health or any kind of medicine or medical work is still requiring masks. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's kind of good precautions, but not extreme precautions here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you all have recovered. I have also seen your wife's new hair. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Looks great. Looks thank, great. Thank you. She, Someday. She yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Someday we will get her on this podcast. I think she'd love that. I think so, too. Um, Speaking of hair, I was commenting earlier on how you look like an actor with your hair and goatee. I can't think of who the actor is, so the story is not very good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, this Friday, Mm -hmm. I am going Mr. Clean. I'm going to keep my beard, but I'm going Mr. Clean because I'm sick of my hair has just gotten so thin. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited for you. That's going to be a good look. I think I'll like it. I think I'll have a good head for it. We'll find out. There's no way around it. We're going to find out. So, What does that mean? How often are you going to have to actually shave it? Knowing me, very often. Mm. Because I don't really want the shadow on top of my head. I'm going to want it to be Mr. Clean as much as possible. Uh, So... I think I'll end up, once I get it down, I think I'll shave it very often. Mm-hmm. I, I also, and then we'll, we'll jump into things, but I also am excited because as I'm entering this new stage of life with, of being bald, I, am, I have already booked an appointment to get a head shave when I am in Birmingham for Furnace yeah. Fest. Here's the cool part. This barbershop is inside a record store. Oh, sick. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I went to the record store last year, and I was mm-hmm. already going to go again this year. And then I, de- I decided for sure I was going to do this. So I booked, an, I booked an appointment, already got it nailed down. Uh, the festival starts on a Friday. I actually get in Birmingham that Wednesday, so I can explore. have, a, mm-hmm. And then... I uh, am going to get my head shaved that Thursday morning. Super sick. So um, when does Furnace Fest start? Is that on Friday? Yes. 
It starts nice. on Friday. It's Friday through Sunday, and then I'll fly out Monday. I got lucky, dude, because flights have been insane. Yeah. And I got a really good deal. Um, like, I couldn't believe how cheap it was. But not only that, for the first time ever, not only is the whole thing direct, direct there, direct back, mm-hmm. but it's like at good times. Like, I leave Florida at noon. Oh, nice. I land back in Florida at like 3.30. Oh, so, Are you flying out of St. Augustine or No, we don't have a good... Uh, Orlando. It's always Orlando. a lot cheaper out yeah. of Orlando. So I'm knocking on wood yeah. because uh, flights and all have been really bad about being delayed and different yeah. things lately. So it's possible that could happen. Hopefully yeah. it won't. Is that Orlando proper or Sanford? Uh, La- Orlando proper. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. So that's what I used Google Flights app. I've had yeah. good luck using that and also Hopper in the past. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, dude, like after fees and everything under 250 bucks. Round, wow, that's excellent. That's round trip, good. direct, and the t- and good times. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. The I was last time stoked. I looked for flights from Seattle to Jacksonville, it was a uh, 700 round trip. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. so, dude, and what's really nuts is the difference. Like, Southwest isn't like some tiny, tiny, uh, like, they're not like a tiny, tiny, like, uh, my my mind's going blank. What's the word for airplane companies? <laughs> Sorry. Um, airline? Airline. I kept wanting to call it airplanes, air flights, airline. They're not like a super tiny airline. Yeah, like, you know, there are smaller ones like Spirit and things like that. Southwest isn't one of them. But, dude, like looking at other Airlines, right. they were so much more expensive. The, um, United Airlines was $800 cheapest to fly to Birmingham and back. 800 yeah. something dollars. Six, oh, I bet. Yeah. Six to $700 more than what I got. And the times were nowhere near as good. I it bet. was ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but, anyways. Yep. This is uh, not it's getting expensive, so hopefully it'll settle down. Oh, yeah, it needs to, especially with you wanting to come to Florida. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, but this is not a podcast episode about airlines. Let's get the word right now. I'll never forget that word again. Uh, this is not a podcast about airlines. What we are talking about today is based on something that's happened recently where mm-hmm. Sergey Kotrovsky has been a pot stirrer. Like uh, always. <laughs> uh, so, but anyways, we want to talk about, you know, just like we live in the information age, obviously, and we live in a world where we like to share things online, on social media. Sometimes people share things that are controversial. Mm-hmm. And like, is that a good idea? Is that not a good idea? 
what sometimes you don't even know it's controversial and then but the the way people respond it ends up being yada yada so anyways that's what we're going to kind of talk about uh tonight and being that you've recently had a, some experience with it uh let's just uh yeah let's just dive yeah. in speaking of uh posting on social media going to plug our social media account. If you're a listener who doesn't even follow us, you should follow us. Talk on the way. That's kind of where we want to engage with folks about different things that we're talking about, processing. Ward finally has access to the account. So he's posting, sharing stories. We're trying to connect with y'all. We know um, the Instagram algorithm is funky, requires more video stuff. So we're trying to post stuff like that too. But speaking of posting, I did post a screenshot of part of my controversial post. It was the response part, some of the comments. Oh, Definitely yes. blocked out some names, blocked out uh, pictures, and um, haven't had much of a response. But I did, did have a comment that we just got three minutes ago from Nick Eugene Watts. And Nick wants to know, when will it be released? Um, Nick, if you're listening to this episode then you know it's released. Yeah. That's Norm- when it was released. <laughs> uh, normally a week or two. We want to do this uh, twice a month. Lately, it's been more like once a month just with our schedules. Yeah. Uh, but but that's the goal. So this will be up, if not this Friday, then next Friday, which obviously to you listeners – doesn't matter, doesn't matter because right? you'll hear it when you hear it. But yeah. that's the plan. Uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. to get into it, I I saw your post. It was on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you've done some controversial contra uh, <laughs> stirring the pot that people yeah. find controversial yeah. posts in the past on Facebook. And so I was kind of ready for the comments. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I, I, it was what I expected. Right. It, and one thing, listeners, I did not come up with this post. It was a share of someone else's post. Um, someone I do know, but also a Christian figure, a I don't know if I wouldn't call him a theologian, but he does does a lot of theology stuff. He's not a pastor, like a minister. Cool dude. John Crowder posted about uh, universal salvation, which a lot of folks take that as universalism. He challenges the construct of traditional eternal torment for hell, and he made this post. I reposted it with a few uh Fire emojis. I mean, how, why would you not post fire emojis when you're talking about hell? Uh, and I literally said, like, don't, I said something along, the, I don't even remember what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, hey, I didn't say this, but this is fire. You know, right, I, I got it pulled up. So you did not one, but four, <laughs> one, two, three, four fire emojis, which I never even thought about the whole fire emoji with it in relation to hell or not hell. That is, oh, that's perfect. Oh. Uh, and then what you said was, don't kill me over this. I didn't say it. And then it's just the share of a yeah. 
not super long. You actually later did a longer one, but of a yeah. like basically two paragraph then extra sentence from John Crowder talking about the idea of maybe universalism or hell and all of that, <laughs> which John Crowder, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say he's like mainstream Christian thinker. But no, he's, he's pretty fringe. Yeah. yeah. He, but you followed him for quite a while. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And I know him like from spending time with him in person. He also lives in Oregon, like not far from me here. So, uh, I yeah. knew you had met him once, but that was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's great. He's wild. He is crazy. He is fringe. He labels himself as a new mystic, which word has all that I think has always intrigued you that idea of what he, how he defines mysticism and what is it and stuff like that. Um, so John is also like super into, uh, union and Trinitarian theology to all of those, you know, theology nerds that are listening. You probably know what that means. And it is some things are fairly controversial and they they are edgy. He leans a lot on the creeds, which again, Ward, I know you like the creeds kind of, right? I like the creeds. Yeah. He leans I like on the, the creeds, creeds, not the band. <laughs> Choo-wee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So creeds, church history, and all of that. And I, I think when I posted or made this post, reposted John Crowder's uh, status update, as they used to call it, and I don't know if they still do. Um, and being it on Facebook, I anticipated a response that wouldn't just be like loves and hearts and likes. And yeah, I expected a little more of a negative uh, response to this post. But I still did it, which mm-hmm. we can talk about whether that was a good idea or not. Um, and why I did it. And the responses were classic Christians who are saying stuff like, where does this uh, say in the Bible? Or right, if this is true, then the gospel doesn't mean anything. Um, basically, responses that I would say are not really critical responses, but very, very hard and heavy statements without any room to grow, but, or to like process. There were a couple of folks that actually had like questions or um, statements that created some room for conversation. And those were the ones that I engaged. Right. There were specific folks that I did not engage because knowing a little bit about them and one of them is a pastor I was like, this is the point of this is not to create a debate. Right. That wasn't the point. And then especially when we start throwing around Bible verses on a Facebook post, it just becomes an argument around who has kind of the most the most weaponized scripture to throw right. at one another. And that is again not the point. Yeah. So how about I'm gonna since this since this one is kind of a short one compared to one you posted later, mm-hmm. I'm going to read it real quick. Cool. Let me see if I can. Uh, I don't remember at all what John Crowder sounds like. <laughs> Not related to David Crowder, just so people no. know. Uh, but let me try to do my best interpretation of what I uh, believe John Crowder may sound like. 
What if hell is not a cosmic torture chamber of God's retributive justice? What if an all-consuming fire of Trinitarian love awaits the reprobate, destroying all vestiges of sin-riddled darkness as an act of healing, restorative justice? What if those who go there are not annihilated as if God cannot save, nor bound to eons of purgation as if suffering heals? but are free at any time to enter the gates of the new Jerusalem, which are never shut, and enjoy eternal party. The only requirement is you can't wear the filthy rags of your own self-righteousness. You must wear the duds he's handing out at the door, the robes of his righteous. The most scandalous thing about this scenario, it's rather biblical. There it so, is. Yeah. So that was what he, that's what you shared. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't even, it does sound like, okay, everybody makes it into heaven. So I get that. I get why people say that. Uh, it also just uses big words or they're big words to me, like mm-hmm. purgation and, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Uh, I was the first comment and all I said was glad to see you still enjoy crazy John. (laughs) Um, and then the very next comment was someone saying, where is this in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Then another one was not sure Jesus painted that picture and it had with stuff. And, but here's the thing. Someone that's never taken like true study of the Bible outside of like middle school myself, Mm -hmm. I there are some things that fit like the whole duds like wear don't wear your filthy rags you know there's the whole parable about people are turned away because they didn't dress nice for the party mm-hmm. so I can see that I can see where he's going there you know I mean I'm not going to delve into it I we're not even here necessarily to argue it we're here more right. just to discuss the way people responded. So, yeah, I was not surprised at some of the responses. Um, I I don't understand the comments that are just to, like, mic drop, but that is a yep. lot of what we get on social media. Yep. Um, but, yeah, just like, what, so, like you said, you knew what they may be. What made you, like, want to share it then? Or what made you choose yeah. to share it, knowing that you'd get some pushback? I, I think there's just this strong conviction behind the fact, like, this aligns with how I think and what I believe, you know? And the funny thing is Facebook, especially Facebook, in the update little uh, box, it used to say, what are you thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, or I don't know if it still does. It's been a while since I've looked at that. But I, I think a, a lot of my posts are literally that. Uh, I've also, just the whole idea, I've been thinking about the idea and processing like hell and heaven and those thoughts. And when that post came up, it just made sense. Like, okay, this is it. Like, I've heard John say this, I've processed this, but it just got me super excited. And a lot of the times, no matter what I'm posting on 
you know, Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm posting things I'm excited and passionate about. Right. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot of, I think a lot of my content between all social media platforms is interchangeable. Definitely, I kind of lean towards only coffee stuff, right? On Instagram. Kind of lean. And my TikTok account is way too new to say, like, I have a, yeah. I mean, it's predominantly that. And then my stories are full of rain, probably. Not the weather, but you know, right. my daughter. Your daughter. So it's, um, yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of my niche on Instagram. But Facebook, for me, is a different platform to engage different people. And that's why posts like that make sense for me to post on Facebook. Knowing that people would have pushback, I think one of the reasons that it actually, like I actually felt right about posting it is I want folks to respond that don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care about folks who respond and they just want to pat me on the back because that to me doesn't produce value for me or my Facebook community personally. Because folks, I know there's more people just reading and kind of, you know, just standing or sitting or whatever, engaging from afar. And they're just consuming this information to see what's going to happen. And I'm thinking about those folks more than I'm actually thinking about who I'm engaging, um, which isn't always good. You know what I mean? You have to be alert to both sides. But I think uh, the main point is the fact that it, Facebook allows for a much deeper conversation, even if it's going to get pretty heated mm-hmm. or it also allows for me to be in a place where I can rid myself of being in an echo chamber and just people reaffirming what I'm saying is good. I know I'm going to get pushback, which right. I enjoy. doesn't necessarily mean I have to engage everyone's pushback. Right. I love to hear if someone disagrees with me and, and even says, Oh, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? That actually sharpens my viewpoints and it cleans up areas where I'm just like, well, I didn't even think about that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I will say there was some of that on your post. There were some people that actually talk about it. Right. And, you know, like, of course, I chimed in, you know, I said, like, conversation, even when disagreeing is a, is good. You know, I said some right. stuff like that. Uh, but then there were some other people that just came in, like, hard, you know, like, the mic drops are like, no, this is just <laughs> wrong. It's like, how do you, because I know how I am sometimes on social media, and I consider myself pretty good as someone that can just scroll by, scroll on by, scroll on by. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, like I even texted you, I was like, some of your friends on Facebook or I just want to punch them. <laughs> um, so like, <laughs> how do you like hold back or, you know, like not let yourself get too riled up in it when when you're posting things like this Mm. or do you and just don't show it? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Like I said, it, it excites me when Mm -hmm. someone gives me very strong pushback because 
it literally engages my mind to process what I said and why I said it. And for all of those comments, the main thing I thought about was, why am I getting this response? What triggered people to give this response? Like, what about hell makes people so riled up? Right. Like, are people that afraid? Is it fear? Um, is it like legitimate concern that someone's going to burn for eternity? Is it about just being right and having proper theology? Those are the questions that are going on when I post something like that. Yeah, I gotcha. Now, but then again, it's that, like you said, some people did, but then you also get these people that are just like, they're telling you you're wrong, but they're not having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, so you said there's some people that you're going to interact with and some that you aren't. The ones that you may choose not to interact with, you know, are also the ones that aren't really looking to have a conversation. They're just looking right. to kind of like mic drop you wrong. Right. Those are the ones that sometimes can be like very frustrating, at least to me. So how do you, do you are you just able to like really not just like kind of like brush them off or does, do you sometimes get like fired up? Yeah. It depends. I would say majority of the time I just brush it off. And again, because this has happened mm -hmm. before right? and I can envision where the conversation is going to go. Right. Like when someone is that heated and they say stuff like you are wrong, that a hundred percent means, uh, okay, maybe I'm wrong here. That mainly or most of the time means that person has made up their mind. Yes. So and no matter what pushback I'm going to give is not going to be something that's going to change their mind. Right. They're not looking to have a conversation. They're looking to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I, get, I guess for me, there are some times that I just get too frustrated to deal with it. Uh, also, you know, on Facebook – I don't use it personally much at all anymore. There are Facebook mm -hmm. groups I am heavily still active in. Like, so those are like kind of communities that are online for me. But for like posting personal stuff, I hardly ever use Facebook book for that anymore. Mm -hmm. And But I also know that there are people on there that have known me longer than on any of the other platforms. Some of those same people are on the others, but not many. So I would get, if I was going to do something controversial, I'm going to be more likely to get similar responses to yours to, or to okay. what you got if I do it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, which, in contrast, so oh, literally a week ago today, I tweeted and then shared on the Talk on the Way podcast a screenshot of that tweet. Mm -hmm. So again, people can see this on uh, Talk on the Way podcast on Instagram. But I shared something that I would consider to be probably a lot of people would think is very controversial. I don't think it's controversial, uh, but it's also my personal story. Uh, but I know other people would. And it would probably be a lot different if I had shared on Facebook the mm -hmm. response but so just real quick, here's what I said. And this is what you can read again if you're on Talk on the Way podcast Instagram. I also put it on my story. Uh, but it's 
As I ready for work, I am listening to voices from all over, talk life, faith, deconstruction, etc. While listening, it occurred to me that I no longer have a job that would dislike the following statement. I am a Christian and LGBTQ plus affirming. God loves all and our love. And then I went on to add to it, like thinking uh, someone specifically on that uh, through Twitter is like, help me out. Cause I've had this stance for a while mm-hmm. and I just, un- I've been like, I guess, honestly, just afraid uh, to mm-hmm. share it just like open to everyone because of the pushback I would. And, and the thing is, uh, I got a good bit of people that responded on Twitter, mostly just likes and loves. Mm-hmm. And then I posted it. I know some people saw it on my personal story when I shared it from the Talk on the Way podcast Instagram. Mm-hmm. And no pushback whatsoever from any of those platforms. Uh, and 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 I know there's some people that if I had posted on Facebook, right. they would have posted. They would have pushed back for sure. And I'm I'm willing. So for me, it was two. It was two parts. That was something I wanted to do on Twitter, be, uh, because the people I do interact with on Twitter, um, while I don't have like a platform by any means, that's where a lot of my conversations on deconstruction and mm-hmm. just those types of topics happen. Uh, and then, and so I wanted to do it there, and I and then on top of that. I wanted to put it on ours because I thought it kind of fit, obviously, our totally, podcast. Totally, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, I don't honestly, I, oh, uh, no, I didn't put it on my personal Instagram be, like the as an actual post because I didn't want to deal with some people. Right. But I was like, you know what? I need to share it. I'm not going to share it on Facebook because it won't be worth it, but I need to share it. And so I put it on just my story. So it only lasted 24 hours. And, and I did not, I was ready for pushback, but I also, honest with myself, knew there would be a good chance that, would, that I could get some on Insta, but nowhere near to the level of what you got on your Facebook. And, yeah. from, and I mean, if I used Facebook very regularly still, I wouldn't have cared. I would have done it anyway. But it's like, I didn't want to I posting it on Facebook I knew would only be for stirring the pot. Yeah. And and I was like that's there's no point in that. You know, if I don't use these platforms hardly ever anymore, so why do that? Yeah. So So I I don't know, maybe it is wrong of me to just like to stir the pot. Maybe it is. But my other thought is like it also creates creates an opportunity for people to engage. I think that right. is my primary motive. And because on, especially on that post, I have folks that are friends and that follow me who are on different sides of the spectrum. So therefore I almost kind of threw out a question for other people to engage with one another. And that's what right. happened. Yeah. Which I, I enjoy that a lot because I usually sit back and I'm the observer I pitch in here and there when I think I have something to say, but I don't do it for every single comment. I don't feel the necessity to have to engage every single person because even though if, at least to me, it feels like 
a positive engagement because people are sharing their views. And that is the goal of social media is to connect and engage with one another. But it can become toxic and it can right. bring and create animosity, which I, I totally understand that. Uh, I'm right. not ignoring that fact. But understanding when to respond to comments is part of the key of either like instigating more toxic comments. Like I could have easily responded to a few folks with a snarky remark or something witty that would just instigate and anger people instead of either leave it alone, let someone else engage and then moderate that conversation or actually post something that would be like meaningful, would be, in a sense, supportive to the conversation and it would actually promote better dialogue. But just posting a snarky response would be creating that toxic environment and like promoting it. The weird For thing sure. is the, the, the truth is, I would say, a lot of negative stuff actually is, uh, creates more engagement which is unfortunate. I remember when I posted something about a cafe on my Instagram, on my story, and I posted about having a bad experience. I've never had that much engagement in my DMs from posting something about an amazing experience at a cafe. Yeah. You know, and that that scares me, that aspect. And I'm not trying to utilize that that people cling to negativity more i think that is what makes a lot of social media toxic is people love to use it as a basically a cage match and fight one another right but i my question is like because it exists and because that's such a normal part of our life what can we do to create an atmosphere that does promote challenging conversations and allow us to discuss things in public. Because for me, I'm not interested in banning everyone or deleting people off of my friend friend list who don't agree with me. Because right. that is the classic way of creating an echo chamber. That doesn't benefit me. Like My goal is to learn from people that are different from me. So that means I have to let them stay on, my, on the platform. I have to let them be part of my friend group, even though mm-hmm. I don't agree with them. You know, Right. And we... Th- in the ep- in the episode we did uh, with uh, Caleb, mm-hmm. the ep- the episode about going liturgical for mm-hmm. any listeners that haven't listened to that, you could go back and listen to it. We went into that idea of blocking people or just stopping cutting people out. We went into that a little more in depth, and I'm like you there. There is that fear of creating an echo chamber. Uh, there, there is a line to when if they become toxic or harmful to others that I will stop conversation. But that doesn't mean I've stopped it for good. It means I've stopped that conversation. For example, uh, there was one time I posted on Twitter about um, basically I just said, if you cannot refer to someone by the pronouns that they have asked you to refer to them by, you are not being godly. You are not standing up for faith. You're just being disrespectful and you're being a jerk. Someone that you and I both know responded and they said how that is wrong. They actually said to think you're a different, to try to use a different pronoun from what you were born is delusional. 
And I responded and then they responded again, basically doubling down on that. <laughs> and to me, it's like the idea that you were just someone that is transgender or non-binary, gender fluid, all those things. Reading that, just that part of like delusional, that's, we can say words don't hurt, but that's harmful. That's being mean. Yep. And so I just said, I'm going to stop this conversation because I, don't, I think, because I think it's just going to be very disrespectful to other people. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I stopped it. Now, that person actually later went back and deleted their comments. I don't know if they got in trouble with their work or what happened. I have no wow. clue. But those comments are gone. There is wow. no activity of them on that uh, tweet at all anymore. Wow. Good. Yeah. But that was a thing where I'm, I haven't cut that person out of my life. But I chose we're not going to continue this conversation because I do think it's crossed the line and would be harmful. Yeah. You know, so. Oh. I, I, the other part for me is I don't want folks like that to hide. I right. actually, I want those folks to display their opinions in public because it actually makes me feel more safe. Right. Because if you those, know. if I know, yeah, I want to yeah. be in the know of who is dangerous. I don't want right. to, you know what I mean? If there's a spider running around my house, I want to make sure the lights are on because I don't want to put myself in a situation to get hurt by those people. So I rather know Mm -hmm. um, if those people would not engage and would actually like delete their Facebook account, but then be my neighbor, that would be spooky to me. Right. You know, and that, that to me is like scarier. And I, I think going back to what you were saying about people saying like mean things and creating toxic environment, I think a lot of the times the reason that happens is we literally forget who's like on the other side of that profile picture that it, it's mm-hmm. actually like a person. It's actually a human. And because of how easy it is to dehumanize folks on social media accounts, because we've never had this much connection and we're not used to seeing people behind a screen and behind words Uh, It's way more humanizing to make a phone call and to hear someone's voice and to hear them stumble through a story or to see that they're not actually that confident. They didn't type up that comment and delete it like 25 times until they got everything right. We don't, you know, we don't, we experience that connection over a phone call much differently, not to even say in person, right? So I think connecting with people on social media is actually fairly new for us humans. Therefore, we haven't fully understood on how to humanize every profile or every account. Right. And that is, that's the biggest part about having positive engagement on social media over a controversial topic or a controversial post. Uh, So that's when stirring the pot, if Mm -hmm. everyone's humanizing one another and we see that you are like me just with a different opinion, then it creates actually very positive dialogue. And, you know, you, you can grow out of a conversation on social media. For me, I'd like to frame everything in the Good Samaritan story because if someone does something negative to me, 
um, on social media, I I have to envision that person as someone who, if they were in a place of need or help, that I would respond as the Good Samaritan would respond. Would I help that person? And to me, that actually allows me to reframe my mind to be more loving towards my quote unquote enemy or right. someone I wouldn't normally agree with. So I think those little things and like reframing and putting things in perspective and stopping it, it's really hard. It's not like I execute ex- excellently on all of those things, but that's a proper way of engaging people on platforms that are you know, more toxic than they ever were like Facebook. And that's when stirring the pot can actually be a good thing. Right. Yeah. And I think you do that better than me in general. I, uh, I get aggravated. I usually don't say Mm -hmm. anything, but it also, it makes it when I get frustrated, like I did just seeing some of the comments of people that, that commented on your posts, it's either run the risk of saying something, I would later regret because it's too harsh and it does nothing to benefit the actual conversation or I just don't interact at all. Mm-hmm. So, but you, I think you made a really good point and because that's not good. Being able to interact with the people that can have a conversation is the, is the, the good, the reason why we need to do this. And the point you made about doing this on social media being so new. You know, I think it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to keep evolving, obviously, but it's here. But it also is very new. So I do think learning how to do it properly is still something we're very much in the early stages of. Yeah. And definitely it's easy to not think about the person And I'm sure all of our listeners have heard this, and I know you've heard this before several times in the world we live in, how it's so easy to say things when we're typing them out onto a screen, but so often we would not speak in that way, or people that do like to really attack would Mm -hmm. not speak that way in person to someone, or very likely wouldn't. So it's, it is, it's very easy to not even think about the human situation when you're talk when you're typing onto a computer screen in a little window on right. any of the platforms versus yeah. on the phone or even a zoom or especially like face to face. Yes. So I do think that's part of it. And I think you were making the, I think you're right. That part of it is we need to go through these just growing pains I just how hate I hate how painful some of them are. And sometimes right. they're not painful or it doesn't appear to be painful to the person that's being mean. It's pa- it's painful to the people that are reading it. Yeah. I, I think within all of that, sometimes it is unwise to uh post provoking stuff. Right. You know, sometimes just like sweet, that spoke to you, hold on to it, that's for you. Like sometimes I don't need to repose John Crowder stuff. Right. You know, I, I, I don't have to, there's no, the literally when we're posting stuff, we're looking for engagement. Right. Yeah. You know? 
Right. So the sometimes the most wise thing you can do is just move on and don't post it. Hold on, mm-hmm. hold it for yourself. Screenshot it. Save it on your phone if you really like it. Show it to a friend in person if you really want to talk right. to someone about it. You know. So like, be slow to post stuff. Like you know how people say like slow to speak, quick to listen. Like be slow to post and engage in a different way, or maybe maybe engage other content. That right. is not doesn't stir the pot as much. Yeah, and and for the record, it wasn't like what you posted got like tons and tons, you know. Right. There, and the, and some of it actually was good conversation. Yeah, just some of it was the like. There's no point in responding to that comment. Yeah, but overall, your post did create some conversation. So I think it did what you wanted. But I think that's really smart. What you said of knowing should you post something or not. And as you say that, it makes me think of going back to my thing about being affirming. If I had posted it on Facebook, especially since I don't regularly use that platform to post on just my timeline anymore, the only reason really for posting it would be to see what kind of reactions I get knowing that a lot of them will probably be negative. And, and that's just, I don't, and and so ultimately I don't think it would have been for the right reasons. Uh, Whereas if I used it regularly, that'd be a little different as often as I use like Twitter or Instagram. Uh, So, but yeah, it just would have been, it would have been more so to like almost say like, Ooh, who's going to get pissed? Right. And that's that's not that's the opposite of what you're saying and what you want to do. You know, like we've talked about in our notes before this episode, you know, we talked about points of why would it be right or wrong? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to come from that intent. Yep. Are you just posting to stir the pot or are you posting to get conversation? Because while there, you do run the risk of people posting with some animosity and with mm-hmm. toxic posts, if your intent and your mindset going into it is to create conversation, then you're already prepared to moderate, to respond appropriately to those that are worth responding to. Right. Whereas if you're just doing it to stir the pot, you you may not even respond to anyone, but you know you're just creating havoc. And the chances are, even if you don't mean it as toxic, you yeah. know you're going to get toxic responses. Yeah, you fueled a toxic environment. Exactly. Yep. And yeah. so that's, I think, I think that's the difference is uh, just, are you doing it just as turd pot, which is going to create a toxic environment? You said that perfectly. Or are you posting something that you know might be controversial might stir the pot but it's in hopes of creating dialogue and then you can try to work through and limit the amount of toxicity yeah i think listening to you speak and just share that like i'm like thinking through my intent on a lot of these posts and i can admit to the fact that I haven't always been innocent of not just posting things just for the sake of stirring the pot. So right. I'm guilty of that, you know? So therefore, 
yeah, I, I probably have to put myself in check most of the time. And by if, even if I feel the need to post something, post it in a much more proper way with questions, mm-hmm. with engaging, um, yeah, engaging questions and to make sure that I lead a conversation on social media towards, uh, like some form of product productivity, not just like provoking and getting people like riled up. That's because you're right. And I agree with that. And I'm just thinking through my intent and there's definitely places where I could have done better. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm sure, I think, I think also while I did make that statement and thank you for thinking it sounded good. Um, it's a lot more gray often Mm -hmm. than black and white. Because we do, as people, need to be able to stand for things that we truly believe. Like you said, this lines more with your thinking. Yeah. You need to be able to say that. I, for the last like three or four years, have been telling people that I felt it was safe and getting a little bit and a little bit riskier, uh, who it was I shared it with, that I am affirming. Yeah. But I had been wanting to share that and felt guilty of the fact that I have people that are in the LGBTQ community and have to live with daily ridicule for who they are. And here I am believing they're right. And because I'm a straight white guy from the South, I don't have to deal with what they have to deal with. And here I don't want to talk and I'm afraid to talk about it. So all of those things. So there is something to be said of being able to make a stance and mm-hmm. also uh, just being able to live your full self. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that was I something that's important. Yeah. That was shared with me uh, about that idea, you know? So it's like, I didn't have to post about that. I'm affirming, but I wanted to, I wanted to say that publicly and I don't have a platform, but I know for my few friends that are mm-hmm. LGBTQ, it meant something to them. It's not about, well, I would love to change people's opinions on things and right. I would love to be able to, you know, or like what you did and just call help, help along the having healthy dialogue, even yeah. when people disagree. Well, I would love to do that. I don't think me posting is necessarily going to do that because I don't have a platform, you know, it's just a post, but it's me being true to myself and for the people I love and care about, I know it means something to them, even if it's only four or five. So even if you know, it's going to stir the pot, it's still gray. There's still reasons behind it. And, you know, like, you know, it's going to stir the pot, but if your intention is conversation, if your intention is, to stand up for people you love or, yeah. and to st- or to stand up for yourself, then it still can be stirring the pot doesn't always mean bad. If we don't stir the pot, we don't create the conversation sometimes. Yeah, totally. Uh, we've said stir the pot so many times. We can basically make <laughs> Instagram real where just stir the pot, stir the pot, stir the pot. Right. <laughs> Next to some very... Uh, some good heavy beat. Oh my gosh. Basically, I've that got an be... idea, Ward. You gotta get me those uh those audios. Like yeah. the yeet one. <laughs> <laughs> yeet. yeet. No, I did. It's in there. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I got that one. But yeah, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, I think this is good. I like what I like where our heads are at. Mm-hmm. I think this is also challenging in being a better human. This is a very practical way of how to be a better human. Is right one thinking about it, checking our intent, but also being honest in who we are and presenting the honest self on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media and humanizing folks and making sure Mm -hmm. that we remember that behind every Facebook profile picture, there's an actual human and behind everything typed, there's actually a person, not just a system of beliefs or whatever they posted, you know? So uh, very practical. I think this is a very practical and important episode in what it means to be a better human today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like what you said, like checking your intent, you know, just like, yes, you should stand up for things. You should express who you are, but why are you doing it? I think that's really good. Um, you know, I mean, talk on the way podcast, we want to get more listeners. So not going <laughs> to lie. Some of our content is for that reason to grow, you know, like however big we're supposed to get or we can get ourselves. Uh, But we're not just doing that for that reason. We actually think these conversations are important. Um, So, so yeah, sometimes some of our stuff may be somewhat stirring or controversial and yeah, that does maybe get uh, feedback and, and a bigger, you know, and growth to some degree. But I think, you know, we we try to adhere to the things you're, that you have said and I've said tonight, you know, and definitely like just checking our intent when we're expressing ourselves is important. Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest part is just remembering how new all this is. Yeah. You know, like what you said, like we are still learning yeah. How to do this. Yeah. It's weird. It's a, this has become our, like how we navigate life, like digital, the digital world. And we may be used to it right now, but it doesn't mean that it's still not new and we're still adjusting because of how quickly technology is changing. Right. Yeah. I started college in 2000. Well, I started college at FSU in 2003. Shortly after that, I opened a Facebook account. Yeah, exactly. So it's been almost 20 years that I've been. And before that, I had MySpace. Right. And all. So it's been over 20 years, almost 20 years with the most influential, which at the time was Facebook. Uh, Some may say still is, you know, anyways. But so, yeah, it doesn't seem new to me anymore, but navigating it for us is still very new. Yeah. So that's good. There's room for grace. And I hope that every single listener uh, takes that, that key out of it is the fact Mm -hmm. that it's new. We're still growing. We're still understanding. And sometimes we make mistakes and that's how we become better humans is checking that and moving forward with hopefully not repeating the same mistakes we made in the past. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I like what you said. Your in, what's your intent when somebody responds in a way that frustrates you, be slow to respond or decide if you should respond at all. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, your intent is the main thing as we try to remember. It's not just a computer screen. These are people. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's good. We're all still learning how to uh, be better humans and in this ever-growing digital world. So, Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure, Ward. Thank you, sir. I've enjoyed this one a lot. It may be a little bit shorter of an episode than our, some of our past ones, but that's a good thing. That's we don't need thing. to. We don't need to ramble. Yeah. So, go give give my love to Rain and Deja, and I will talk to you soon. Will do. See ya. Peace. Thank you for joining us. We are glad to have you with us as we navigate through faith, life, and our shared humanity. 